What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess, and I am back with a brand new episode with you today. Hope everybody's having a good day or a good night, and I love each and every one of you. And today, I am going to be talking about SummerSlam from last night, and oh boy, was this was this pay-per-view worthwhile. I'm going to tell you this right now. Best SummerSlam pay-per-view we have seen in a long time, in a minute, actually. So... It's a lot of great matches to talk about. I know, like, like I said, the whole thing's solid. So, without no more time to waste, let's get right into this pay-per-view. All right. So, first match we got on the list is Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, putting her title on the line against big-time Becky Lynch. And, of course, I knew and I called it from the start Bianca Belair retaining her title against her. And honestly, this was a very, very good match to open up SummerSlam with. I really loved it. I really loved the energy. I really loved the vibe. I really loved everything about this match. I and it was glad to I was glad to see Bianca Belair get her redemption against uh Becky Lynch from from 2021 SummerSlam, her becoming squashed to now in SummerSlam of 2022, her getting, you know redemption and basically getting the match that she that she wanted from 2021 and to see her beat you know big time Bex in a good nice old-fashioned like you know match without nobody cheating or anything it is a good sight to see and not no botches and stuff like that I love to see that and also to in her hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, which I did not know Bianca Belair was from Nashville, Tennessee. So that's a good sight, and that's something to learn too. So I, I really like that. And I'm I'm just telling you that that match alone was just so so good to open up. So good to open up SummerSlam. It was it was a chef kiss of a match. I really loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, I know the buildup for this match was also really good. I know they it, it it was so good, like to the point they had to break up both Bianca and Big Time Bex just because of how bad they were just, you know, basically going at each other for, for the amount of weeks. And it's it's a good sight to see. It's a good that it's, it's a good sight to see. I love each and every minute waking moment of this match. And like it's it's a good thing that this rivalry has now come to an end too. So I am glad about that um I didn't really want it to drag on more more longer than than some of the you know these shoes that we've seen in the past have done. Um I didn't want to drag it way too too long. So for Bianca Belair to pick up the W to rate to retain her raw women's championship and to keep it longer. So I am I am glad and I'm happy to see something like that as well too. Um I want her to hold her uh, Raw Women's Championship for at least up to the next uh, WrestleMania match, or at least if not WrestleMania, somewhere close to WrestleMania. I would love to see that uh, happen. And I know after you know Bianca Belair hit her with uh, with a KOD, rolled her up one two three to get the win, and we see kind of a face of Becky Lynch where. Um, Becky basically, even though she, it looked in her in a way she was like kind of injured, but also kind of not. It was kind of a weird sight to see, but it looked like she was injured in that match after you know she you know um, 
Bianca did her uh, finisher on her. And, yeah, they hugged it out after the match. So I think this is where we now see Bianca Belair turn face uh, for the first time in a minute. So it's it's a happy sight to see. And to make even matters more better, uh, I've called it from the start when I watched uh, SummerSlam last night. Uh, Bailey made her return to the WWE. And not just her. Two special guests, special call-up from NXT. Dakota Kai is back on WWE, and Aria Shirai is also back in WWE as well, too. It's a great sight to see. I know Dakota Kai got released back in uh, back in March earlier this year, and it was for her personal reasons why she got, you know, she why she wanted to release, why she wanted to be away from the company. And I'm glad Triple H did, you know, wanted her back into the scene, into the wrestling scene. So I'm glad she he pulled his strings to get her back into the you know the wrestling world and Aria Shirai also to be back in WWE because we haven't really seen her in a minute either. And also it's a potential faction between Bailey, Aria Shirai, and Dakota Kai. So I thought that was really dope. That was really nice. And I know from what you know she said to Bianca Belair, she was like, You think I was not gonna bring backup? You think I was gonna be alone? And right when it looked like they were about to jump her. Um, Becky Lynch came into the mix and was staring down Bailey, Kai, and like Aria. So this is a happy like sight to see because now it now confirms that Becky Lynch is now turned face. So instead of like them jumping her, it was gonna be a two on three, you know, brawl. And yes, obviously uh Bailey back off and she did Say so, you know, it basically was not. They're going to wait. So I am glad to see, like, um, I'm glad to see Triple H now being head of creative. He is now pulling the strings, and he is now going to try his very best to get the Raw, the, the Raw uh, women's roster and the SmackDown women's roster back to where it originally should have been in from the start. So I am glad to see, um, you know, both Stephanie and – um, Triple H taking into precaution and making at least the uh, the women's roster way better for the WWE and for potential uh, newcomers to WWE, like, you know, get engaged with their wrestlers and um, be engaged with the women as well, too, of WWE. And, you know, at least, like, make, at least make them better, at least make the, like, the women's roster better because right now it's looking pretty bad and we want to see WWE do better. Uh, and, like I said, with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, being the new faces of, uh, you know, having a new era coming to WWE. It is a good sight to see and it's a wonderful sight to be a part of and to to grow and watch our, like, favorite wrestlers grow to not to, to, to where they want, to where they, you know, should be, should be at the moment. So um, congratulations to Bianca Belair for getting her W against uh, Becky. Becky Lynch into enter rivalry uh, for good, and I do want to see if either uh, Becky will get involved with um, with Bailey and Bianca because I know there's going to be probably a potential Bianca Belair and a Bailey feud for the Raw Women's Title, um, and if they do bring back the women's tag team titles, um, have a match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch versus. Aurel Shirai and Dakota Kai for the women's tag team uh, championships. And 
uh, at least bring some faith and humanity back into them titles because it's been a minute since we have seen those titles since ever since Naomi and uh, Sasha Banks dropped them back in Raw of earlier, um, like I think two months ago at least. So um, it'll be a great sight to see Bailey's Bailey has, has a faction now. Bailey's also back on the scenes, um, and like I said, it will be a good match if it is Bailey versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Champion Championship. So um, I I can't wait to what WWE has to bring and what it has to offer. So, um, but yeah. So uh, moving on to the next match on the list, we have Logan Paul. Versus The Miz, and yes, I also call this, I am two for two for wins right now. Logan Paul gets the W against Miz. I have called it from the start. I know Miz and, you know, Paul had their beef ever since WrestleMania 38 when The Miz turned his back on Paul after they uh, beat the Mysterios in a tag team match. And, you know, obviously Miz just wanted to start a rivalry with the with. Uh, Logan Paul just because he wanted to and obviously you can't trust the Miz ever even if you're tag team with him uh, even if you're friends with him you can't trust the Miz so I like that Logan Paul did did take his training very seriously he did study he did do what he was supposed to do in that ring and I know he was training with AJ Styles as well too so that made the so that made him basically look really really good in that match um he you obviously see him for what he was doing he he did he did train. He also um he was like dominating most of that match. Most of the match he was basically dominating. He didn't give uh the Miz one chance, one chance to you know him uh to have him have the upper hand at uh, anything. So man was doing everything to like body slams to like I don't know if he did he probably he I know he didn't do three amigos, but he did uh do quite a amazing uh quite amazing quite amazing things in that match. And let's just take let's just take the time out that two things. Um, one, Maurice came out with a bag, uh, a custom bag, and it was also with the balls reference. So that was pretty funny to see. And uh, two, Tomasa Champo in the mix of uh, um, Miz uh, being like being a thing with Miz at all. Um, I feel like with Tomasa Champo, I feel like he should have his own rivalry. I know he like him starting with the Miz is kind of like his stepping stone to becoming like going into that world championship phase. But I feel like if Tomasa Champa wants to grow as a, as a person and also as a uh, great wrestler in WWE, I feel like he has to get his own rivalry going, not just you know kind of like Miz's lapdog. I feel like it's it's just it's it doesn't suit Tomasa Champa. That's what I'm trying to say. It just doesn't suit him. I've seen him in NXT and NXT 2.0. You know, he holds uh, the NXT gold not once but twice in the, in NXT, and he was a really good champion. Um, I just – I want to see that type of uh, – I want to see that type of Champa because I know Champa is – was basically NXT world champion over there. So I can see him as either either heavyweight champion or a universal champion. Either way, I know Tomasa Champa will do very great in the WWE. Like I said, he needs to have like own personal rivalry with somebody. If not, make it like at least Theory or Riddle or maybe like Bobby Lashley even. I would say either one of those three. But um, I just want to see Champa just do his own thing. That's all I really want. But uh, going back onto the batch now, we see, um, yeah, yeah, he was like, the Miz was not getting no upper hand on this match whatsoever until um, 
until I think Miz started like obviously, you know, cheating a little bit. Uh, I know Tommaso Ciampa had to, wanted to get involved, but uh, the ref saw it before Tommaso Ciampa even hit him. And yes, Tommaso Ciampa was ejected, but he didn't. He was stubborn and he didn't really want to leave, which which was like, okay, bro, you got ejected. Now it's time for you to to leave the ring, like leave the arena, like please, you you gotta go, you gotta go. But he never left, and then uh, AJ Styles, the phenomenal, uh, phenomenal one, um, music came on, and we were like, "Where the hell is he? Where, where is he at?" And then yes, he came out from the uh, from the crowd and did basically uh, start whooping Champa's ass. So I feel like they they have a potential feud going uh, going on uh, right now as we speak. So while AJ Styles was dealing with Tommaso Champa back in the ring. Um, Back in the ring, it was uh, I know Miz lay, uh, was laid out on the table, and to make the match even more better than it already was, I'm gonna say this Logan Paul went on to the top rope through the turnbuckle at Maurice, flew off the top rope into a perfect frog splash. Onto the table, and it was a chef's kiss. It was a chef's kiss of a frog splash. It was the most best frog splash I have ever seen in a long, long time. And honestly, Logan, like I said, Logan Paul has been training for this match, and he's been doing this, doing his thing. And we can see here that Logan Paul knew exactly, exactly what he was doing. And I'm happy to see Logan Paul in the WWE and doing what he has to do, take care of his business, and doing it in the right way. This man was doing everything to the phenomenal forearm. He did a wonderful frog, frog splash. And to top it off, I'm like, after he did that wonderful frog splash and, and the crowd went wild, he was about like, Miz was about to cheat. Cause I know Miz, it's, it's Miz. He's going to cheat somehow, some way. He took the card that he, that he had, took the card and. He was literally this close, like maybe a centimeter away from hitting his wife. Luckily, his wife moved out of the way. If I feel like if Logan Paul timed that very right and moved out of the way right then and there, he would have hit his wife clean in the face. Hit his wife clean in the face. But, you know, obviously Miz stopped himself from hitting his wife. Then next you know, Logan Paul did the Stone Question finale on the Miz, his own move against them, one, two, three, and picking up the win. And like I said, it is a happy, happy sight to see. Logan Paul did his thing, came up with the W. I knew that Logan Paul was going to win this match. Like, you know, it was it was too easy, too easy, way too easy. Logan Paul is obviously not going to lose his, you know, his second match in the, the WWE at all. It was, it was, I was, this match was very entertaining to watch. I really loved every, every aspect of the match. And I want, I really wanted to continue, but, you know, obviously more great matches to come. And, like, in, I want, I don't know how long uh, Logan Paul signed a contract to WWE for, but if he did sign a contract for at least a year, I want him to at least become a mid-card champion, at least a mid-card champion. I would love to see that from from the uh, from Logan Paul to become a mid card champion it doesn't have to be a world title. It can it can just be like either a tag team championship win or maybe like a uh, 
a United States championship or even maybe like an intercontinental championship win, something along uh, something as long as the line is that. I would love to see something like that from Logan Paul. I feel like if Logan Paul actually wanted to become a WWE wrestler and actually do this long term, oh, definitely. I would. I can see him doing this long term. Like him starting at NXT and then going forward to back to the main roster or just staying on the main roster just to win at least some titles and everything and just, you know, call it. Not I want to say call it a day, but basically work his way up to becoming at least a main like a main rock, like I want to say main roster, but main um, like a world champion, like a like a world champion up there with the world champions. I would like to see that happen. Um, but you know, like I said, this is Logan Paul's second match in WWE. I want him to do great. I want him to do well. I want him to keep his head up of all times. The man is a great person inside and outside the ring. No matter how you think of it, yes, people love and hate Logan Paul at the same time. And what's funny about Logan Paul? Like his promos is like uh like um a heel, but when he wrestles, it's a face. But I know that basically WWE did that, so they can, people can just love uh Logan Paul for who he is, even though you can hate him, you can love him, you can dislike him, you, you can you can whatever. But at the end of the day, Logan Paul is gonna you know get his W and get the you know show up and show out to the crowd and bring bring his hate game no matter what happens. And I love to see that. So congratulations to Logan Paul winning. His second match in the in the WWE against the Miz. I know their rivalry is obviously not done, and obviously on Monday Night Raw, it's gonna show. It's obviously it's not gonna be done. Um, I don't know what it has in store for, um, for the Miz and Logan Paul. I know their rivalry is is nowhere close to being over. Um, and I know that they them two is is probably gonna have either some type of match at the Clash of Castle. And it gotta be at the Clash of the Castle somewhere along that. Um, so, uh, like I said, like it, it will be a crazy couple of Raws, uh, Monday Night Raws to to watch. I know Logan's gonna say some dirty shit. I know Miz is gonna say some dirty shit. But at the end of the day, I feel like Logan is gonna pick up a major W against uh, the Miz in his in his career. So in his fight career. So I would love to see. All of that take place and, you know, put a smile on everybody's face no matter what. So next one on the list, we got a United States Championship rematch. Bobby Lashley putting up his title against Theory. And, I mean, yes, Bobby Lashley did get the win, but this was a very, very short match to watch. Like a very, very short match, honestly. Like, um, I feel like Theory is the type of dude is... He's just the type of dude that just loses a lot. Like ever since he got called up to the main card, I'm not talking about when he after like after he lost his United States title, he's just been losing match after match after match after match after match. It's just not looking good for Theory at all at the moment. Like he like he pulled a Brock Lesnar at Money in the Bank, lost his, you know, United States Championship against Bobby Lashley, then entered the, you know, Money in the Bank ladder match without qualifying and then winning the briefcase. Um, that's, that's basically pure luck right there. Then now you have him complaining that he wants, he wants to be like the next, you know, world championship, the, the next undisputed champion. And I'm like, that can happen, but just not now. You got a very high, still in his prime, uh, Roman Reigns versus a crazy, uh, cowboy beast Brock Lesnar. Like a very country cowboy beast of the Brock Lesnar. 
So, um, I don't know. Uh, Theory as world champion now. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like. I want to see. Yes, I would like to see Theory as world champion, but he's not ready to become world champion now. Nowhere near. Just give him like at least a couple years. Like I said, three to five, six years. Give it the six years max for him to become world champion. I feel like that's when his time will shine, honestly, and become a world champion between like like either three to six years or four to six years, something along that. But overall, Bobby Lashley made him look like a feather, made him look like a like a toddler, like a twig in this match. He looked very lifeless in this match. And for someone saying that he wants the United States title back very bad, he didn't really show his best efforts of him getting the title back at all. It was pretty sad to see. I know he's basically out to be like a person, just not, you know, just to care about one thing and one thing only. But at the same time, for a person that wants to have the the um tag title, like, sorry, not tag titles, because we have the United States Championship back, you weren't trying at all, my dude. You he, he basically tapped out as soon as he put, as soon as he got put in the hurt lock. He tapped out hella quick. And I'm like, bruh, you, like, this is this is now Vince, not Vince. This is now uh Triple H taking over. Obviously, he has a full solid year till he cashes in the Money in the Bank contract against either Roman or whoever has it at that time. So, I know if if we see um him as a champion, it will be like like I said later on in the year, not so close as sometime now or the end of the year. Um. Obviously, I wanted to see uh, Bobby Lashley retain his title against Theory. Uh, obviously, Bobby just got the title, so I don't see him dropping the title anytime soon. Uh, but I am glad that this rivalry is now kind of over. Um, and I want to see Bobby have a new opponent. Give me either Seth. You can give me uh, Riddle again. You can give me um, Mad Cat Moss, Baron Corbin. You can even give me Omos the Colossus, even though I didn't want to really see that. See them going at each other again. You can give me anybody else for a con, for a rivalry, for a United States Championship rivalry. Give me anybody else besides uh, Theory. Anybody else? Because Theory is basically like the cockiest person in WWE. I know, I know, Vince McMahon was trying to make him be like John Cena, but come on, man, you, you, and I, and and everybody in the WWE universe knows that. Theory is nowhere close to John Cena and never will ever be close to John Cena ever in his life. We know this already. We know this already, Vince. And I'm glad that Triple H took an effect that he um, that he lost um, and everything. This is obviously Theory's going to be pissed about it to, on Monday Night Raw and pissed about you know not even getting close to um, cashing on, you know, Roman and everything, like, later in that night. But I'm going to say this. Theory, get your head in the game, or else someone's going to get your head in the game for you. So that's that, that's that's what's happening at the moment. Um, like I said, it was a very short match between Bobby and Theory. Uh, I guess Theory did, like, tap out hella quick, hella quickly. Um, it, it, I don't know. I just, 
I just I'm just glad that this feud is over. It's it's done with. I don't want nothing to do anymore to deal with theory. I don't want like nothing nothing bad against you know um, nothing bad against Bobby. I just want him to do just a feud with someone else, just to see him go against someone else, someone else that's more worthy, someone else that's more can you know drive the rivalry you know insane to the point you know he goes bonkers and loses his shit all the time. So that's that's what I'm basically trying to get at and. Now to see that he's gone, not gone, but now they see that he's done with theory is a relief and a like a relief of stress and relief of stress on himself because come on now, it's theory likes to cheat. He's like a big, he's like he's like a big John Cena cheater without the John Cena part. He's just a cheater. That's all he is. He's kind of like he's like he was like even prancing around the ring. And I'm like, for a dude that wants his United States Championship back, you act like you really don't want that thing back, honestly. <clears throat> oh, God, you act like you really don't want it back whatsoever. So I was surprised when he was, like, just taking the briefcase and about to, like, leave and be like, bro. And then he was like, yo, you're really going to walk away from the match that you specifically begged Vince McMahon to want? And so you can, like, dethrone me and everything so you, you can become, like, um, you know, United States Champion? Like, honestly? Like, come on now. Like, Fairy, do better. Do better. I I know you can, even though I hate you with a passion. I know you can do better. It's just you got to find that right um, that, that right spark. Because right now it is it is not looking good for you, my boy. It is not looking good for you. Um, but, yeah, congratulations for uh, for Bobby winning the – I mean, not winning, but uh, retaining his title against um, Fairy. Like I said, we all know that Fairy is going to win. Sorry, we all know that Theory is going to lose this match. Sorry, that was a big mistake. We all know, we all know that Theory is going to lose this match, and we knew that just like you're when you're in a hurt lock with Bobby, it's it's over with. It's completely over with. You being in a hurt lock, it's like putting MVP or yeah, putting MVP in a hurt lock. You can't. You're you're not going to last long regardless what happens. So. Yeah, I am happy that this feud is now ended or coming to an end. So we're gonna see what's in store for uh, you know, the almighty Bobby Lashley, and we're gonna see what happens. Gonna we're we're gonna see what happens to A Town Down. I know he's probably gonna have a potential feud with uh, either either Seth Rollins or uh, or Dolph Ziggler. More likely gonna be Dolph Ziggler for the briefcase gonna be pulling like it should have been me type shit so on god like we've seen Dolph Ziggler at ringside every single time and you know uh have um you know theory just always being pissed because Dolph is there and always messing up his matches just because he wants to but yeah honestly like I said we're gonna see what happens when uh when like you know, Bobby Lashley has a new opponent, and we're gonna see what what they have against up to the almighty Bobby Lashley. All right, so next on the list we got the Judgment Day versus the Mysterios in a no disqualification tag team match. And honestly, honestly, I know Mysterios did pick up the win, but honestly, I really thought that Judgment Day was really gonna squabble them. Was they were gonna put them in obliteration, like literally destroy them? But honestly, surprisingly, obviously. Uh, they didn't. Um, 
And I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, I wasn't really looking forward all to, all, all to this match all that much because, one, I, I just don't, you know, like Judgment Day. Not saying like them as I hate them as a faction, just more like I wasn't I just didn't really care for this rivalry whatsoever. I really didn't really care about this rivalry at all. It was really I just want this rivalry to be over with too. Um there's really nothing special about the the you know this two these two uh teams going at it with each other, these two factions going at it with each other. Um I honestly believe that in you know they I hope you know, it's it's an end to their rivalry as well, too. Um, also, I know that um, I'm I'm just saying right now, I I just feel like they they need to do something else. Like Mysterio, like go have like have another rivalry with somebody else to make you know their rivalry better or something. Like it, it like I just want that to happen. And re- real talk, to to be honest with you. Um, everybody wanted like you know Dominic Dominic Mysterio to uh to go to to turn on his father, but obviously we know it's not time yet. It's nowhere near time for him to turn on his father. Um, he has a lot of time left until that happens for him to become heel against his father. Um, yes, and yes, potentially we will have a Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio uh, match against each other. Obviously, it's going to be hard for him to fight off his own blood and flesh that he raised for who knows how long. But again, this is, will be a fun match and a fun, uh, wild thing to see if that ever happens, which it will probably happen, but sometime like later on into the year or probably later on next year. Um, but what made it really, really fun and really, really enjoyable that uh, we seen out of, out of uh, randomly, the 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 lights faded to black. You see a row of fire and Edge lifting up out of the flames. And it's a whole different look from Edge. Red glass, like black glasses, red jacket. His hair is basically completely shaved off. And he gunned for Judgment Day. He has gunned for Judgment Day. This is his revenge back on Judgment Day. So basically, in his mind, basically kind of destroying Judgment Day for who they are now. Because he, because one, he made Judgment Day a thing. And now he's going to try and tear them up. Especially mostly gun after Finn Balor. So yes, he... Once, once he did that, he was running towards the ring. Like Damian Priest tried to stop him, literally, basically threw Damian Priest out of his way, slid inside of the ring, speared Finn Balor. Then Damian Priest got into the mix, got back into the ring, and then speared Damian Priest, and was basically just waiting for his revenge. After that, he did uh, help the Mysterios. Mysterios tripped uh, Finn Balor, get the got the six one nine up, and then. And did go again for the Sprog Flash for a one, two, three roll up for a win for a W for the Mysterios. And obviously, if it wasn't for Edge, Mysterios would have definitely lost this match. They, they would have definitely lost this match by a long shot. On God, they would have lost this match by a very much long shot. Like it would it would be too crazy for them just, you know, to well, I wouldn't say too crazy, but it would be like I would like honestly, it would be very expected if they lost this match against Judgment Day. But I'm I'm happy that um that Edge is back in WWE now as well, too. Um, and we also see that he is going to gun for Judgment Day and probably potentially dismantle his own faction that he created from his flesh and blood and tears. And mostly probably gunning for Finn Balor as well, too. And I feel like there will be a potential rivalry between Finn Balor and Edge. Um, probably going to be at Clash of the Castle. 
most likely. And honestly, I feel like this is where Finn Balor probably like probably turns his back on the on his like fellows, like fellow like disciples that he basically took from Edge. Um, he's going to turn on uh, either like Ryan Ripley and Damon Priest will probably turn on Finn Balor. Um, and then you will probably see um, like Edge go get into the mind of Finn Balor and basically destroy everything that he loves in his mind. Um, and this will be more like a personal match between each other, between Edge and Finn Balor. I just want to know how this will play out, honestly, because Edge is back for revenge. He is back for sweet, sweet revenge, and he is not going and he's not stopped anywhere till he has his revenge against Finn Balor and the Judgment Day, Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Um, I love like Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. I know she wasn't wrestling. I know she wasn't in the tag team match, but her fashion and her uh, ring gear was she looked she looked fine as hell. She looked like a whole snack. She looked like a whole meal. I'm not gonna hold you. Like she is the type of meal that I would actually bite down and not let go. I'm sorry, but let me get back into this. But um, honestly, this is and this is to me where we kind of see like Finn Balor leading towards more like that demon Finn Balor. We haven't seen demon Finn Balor since Extreme Rules of last year against Roman Reigns, and I'm I'm I want to see. Finn Balor go uh go against um Edge, but have uh him go against like have Edge go against Demon Finn Balor, not you know regular Prince Finn Balor. Um, and I feel like that would go crazy because one Finn Balor only keep you know you know goes after um he goes after his opponents unless someone's really 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 pissed him off. Which I feel like he, I feel like Edge really, really, really pissed off uh, Finn Balor right uh, last night. I don't know how bad he pissed him off, but it will go to that point that um, Edge and Finn Balor would not look back at each other, and it will probably be a very, uh, I won't say heartbreaking match, more like, um, more like I feel like it will be more like a kind of like extreme rules match if they do go against each other. It should be an extreme rules match, honestly. Um, I honestly feel like either you can put it as a as a like a hell in a cell match, or you can put it as a steel cage match, or you can put it as a last man standing match, or anyway anything goes match, or extreme rules match, or a uh, one hand tied behind the back type match. Something as long as the line is that. I feel like it'll be a great match to see, a great match to watch against them two. You know, you, you basically Finn Balor turned him into a demon. So anything, yeah, ooh, anything goes. It would, uh, it would look really, really, really good. So, like I said, without without Edge being there, the like the Mysterios would never really picked up that win in the first place. They would have lost that match by a long shot, and they would have to have probably have a longer. Um, have a longer, I won't say match, but more like a longer rivalry against each other. And I don't want to see a long rivalry. I've seen plenty, plenty, plenty of long rivalries, and I don't want to see that rivalry again at all. Um, so, well, yeah, congratulations to Mysterio to picking up the W along with Edge. So I feel like it'll be a, like a small little faction so they can get their payback on the Judgment Day. But we'll see what happens with... uh. 
Mysterio's Dominic uh, Mysterio and Rey Mysterio, and most importantly, what's going to happen with Judgment Day between mostly uh, Finn Balor and Edge, and if uh, Rhea Ripley or Damian Priest wants to get back in the mix or try to get back with Edge to 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 be Judgment Day as their faction again. But you know, probably in my mind, it probably won't happen because he basically turned on because basically Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley both turn on his, their master, which is. Um, Edge and threw him out of his own group that he created. So it just depends on how they put stuff uh, into play and how the storylines goes and how they do the booking as well, too. But, yeah. So next one on the list, we got the undisputed tag team championship match. Your boy, the Usos against the Street Profits. With the special guest referee Jeff Jarrett. And this match, it was like I expected really more from this match. Obviously, the money in the their match at Money in the Bank was way better than this match at uh at SummerSlam. Um it it was just a different vibe, a different setting from uh Usos and the Street Profits, honestly. And it was it was not looking good for the Street Profits. Yes, like um, kind of Usos had like the upper hand a lot of this whole entire match. Um, I know that um, I know that Montez Ford and Andrew Luck Dawkins has been dying to become undisputed, you know, tag team champions. Uh, they've been wanting to do that for a minute now. Um, like I said, they have their shot. They have their chance for them to become um tag team champions. Uh, I'm basically just waiting for that moment, but I know since, you know, the Usos is, you know, tag team champs, they can't do anything. So I'm guessing that was their last match at SummerSlam for the tag team titles. And it's, it's looking different because when I thought Jeff Jarrett was going to get his revenge on Jay Uso for, for accidentally kicking him in the face. So I thought he was going to like turn on, you know, probably either like turn on like I don't know I wouldn't say turn but mostly like get his payback like do like a submission move or do like a finishing move and like you know call it a win on on them but um it looked a little bit different like it it wasn't really as spot like spontaneous as entertaining as you know the money in the bank one and from his face you can see Montez Ford his face was a little bit different than usual it was it looked very much different. Um, man was pissed as hell. Like, on God, this dude was pissed as hell. Like, he literally snapped at Jeff Jarrett because he literally thought, yo, like, what, what you doing, man? What you doing, man? I clearly had it was three. It was three. Like, bro, count right. It was three, my guy. Like, come on. Like, this was a very different side to Montez Ford. It looks like he, like, Montez Ford is kind of going to want to go rogue. And basically, kind of turn on Angelo Dawkins. I know that time is not really right yet. Don't really turn on Angelo Dawkins till we have like enough like tag team stars in on like the Raw and SmackDown roster. So for them, you know, so him, so he can turn heel on Angelo Dawkins. Um, but I know WWE is planting some seeds. So we're to the point they um, can do it right and also have uh, Montez for actually do it right and make sure he is a a good heel 
uh, a good heel as a solo art, as like a solo wrestler. Um, like I said, I really don't want Us- not the Usos. I really don't want uh, Street Profits to break up yet at all. Um, that would be a sad sight to see if they do break up very, very early on. Um, I don't know. It just depends on how WWE will book everything from from the promos to the matches to if they're going to win or not. Stuff like that will be happening, and it won't be all fake. It will be all real. Um, like, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the Usos that we talk about. What made you think Usos is not going to retain against, you know, Street Profits? They almost lost that money bank against the Street Profits. I feel like that's when, I feel like that's where the Street Profits should have shined and actually got the titles. But knowing them, they didn't, and they probably did something stupid and cost them the tag team titles. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, I really did like, I kind of liked it. It, it could have been better. It honestly really, really could have been better. Um, the hype was a little bit, like, too much. Like, the crowd was kind of dead in the beginning of the match, but it did pick up more at the end after, uh, af- after you know, they they wrestled and everything like that. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like this match could bring, like, a lot more potential, a lot more, like, you know, life into the crowd and – Bring like a lot more people, like energy into people, because right, right, right now it's not looking good for anybody in the tag team division. Like tag team divisions are as small as it is, and making it smaller, it's not going to do any better. Um, but I know as well too. I just feel like I'm not going to hold you. I wanted the decline of the Usos to stop here, to stop at SummerSlam. I wanted the Usos to lose. Let me tell you. Re- let me tell you my reason why I wanted the Usos to lose. The reason why I wanted the Usos to, the Usos to lose is because, like, one, I they I feel like they had a great run as you know SmackDown Tag Team Champions. They have done a year plus as a SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and they have did like probably near a hundred days as the Raw Tag Team Champions. In total, they have been over a hundred days as undisputed Tag Team Champions, and I feel that's good. That's good. That's great. That's solid. But I feel like you need to um. Understand, you probably need to like stop because one, I want, I, I feel like they're potentially building up to a, uh, a Roman versus The Rock type feud, but at the same time, I really, I just want them to, I just want them to be like Rock versus Roman, honestly, because I feel like Rock versus Roman would basically better because Rock is basically going to be teaching Roman Reigns a lesson on how respect and how respect others, especially in the business of WWE and how wrestling is to how how wrestling is today. Because without no respect, you are basically just uh, a bitch in in their eyes. Honestly, um, I don't know. I just it just depends on how they're just gonna book this. I know they could probably book it book it somewhere between probably like uh, Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber, maybe. But um, I feel like the booking has to be solid if they're gonna book it sometime next year or 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 something end of the year. It's I don't know. It probably won't happen. It probably will happen. Um, we just got to see what will happen, most importantly, because any anything can happen, honestly, no matter what. Uh, it's WWE, plus under Triple H creative, like had, being head of creative, he can make anything better at the moment. So, I mean, like I said, like this is like all H, Triple H doing. This is him now becoming better than ever and like exploring his horizons with uh with what he's doing because 
if it was still Vince, this this pay per view would have been solidly trash. I'm telling you this right now. This pay per view would be so terrible, so bad that I would not want to watch wrestling again for a long, long time. Like I did not want to see um, my favorite superstars get you know destroyed after some blatant call that doesn't make sense, but will make sense in Vince McMahon's eyes because he's Vince fucking McMahon. I don't know. Like, I just honestly feel like they they have to do better. Um, like I said, if this is Montez for wet queer way of saying I'm gonna go rogue. I hate you know my partner right now. I just feel like some way he's gonna turn on Angelo Dawkins, but we have to see about that. It just depends on how they play their cards right and everything. So. Yeah, so yeah, can um can, yeah, like congratulations to the Usos for retaining their titles. Um their reign will keep on going and keep on going and keep on pushing till they find someone that's gonna dethrone them, which is not gonna probably be till a long, long time. So yeah. So yeah, moving on to like this mini segment between Riddle and Seth Rollins. So Riddle randomly came in. And basically said, real like basically said to Seth Rollins, yo, I'm not done with you. Come out here so I can kick your ass. And set like the crowd was doing his chance, like, oh, whoa, 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 burn it down. After that, he came sprinting towards Riddle. And started like brawling, and it, I'm glad to see that to spark up their feud to be a little bit more better and let's and to be a little bit more like you know cleaner and everything. And of course, I know when like before their match, before Riddle got you know before they took it off their match uh, for the SummerSlam card, like Riddle got sent to the gulag and got stumped around the steel steps, and then let last night. He got sent back to the gulag and, like, and stomped in the middle of the ring while people uh, around him, like um, referees and, you know, WWE staff and security was trying to break them up and everything. Um, and obviously attending to theory because he is laid out on the ground again. But look, overall, this is going to be like a great, great buildup for their match at the probably at the next pay-per-view. Um, this is probably going to be like, you know, a match, uh, best out of three type match, um, just like he did with uh, Cody Rhodes, with, but he's gonna do it with Riddle this time. Um, and I'm glad. I'm. I like to see this type of Riddle. Like, like yes, I love to see like bro type Riddle. But every once in a while, you gotta act serious and fight your way out of shit. So this is the type of um. This is the type of like Riddle I love to see and everything, um, and. This is the type of riddle that we needed in WWE by a long shot. Like, yes, like, you can have, like, bro, favorite, like, tag team, you know, Matt Riddle, and then you can have dickhead, I want to I whoop your ass till you bleed you know, uh, out of every socket type riddle. And that's this type of stuff I like. And that's the type of stuff that I want to keep sitting, seeing from Riddle, honestly. Because Riddle is, like, a very great wrestler. He's a very good opponent, too, when it comes to stuff. He does not play around. And I'm happy, 
happy, happy to see him, um, you know, at least showed up to SummerSlam. If not in ring gear, at least him chilling in, you know, just his regular tie and his snapback and his slides and, you know, shorts that he usually in. But I don't even think he was in, like, his tights. I think it was more like it looks like he was in gym shorts or anything, but or tight, like, shorts above his knees. I don't know what he exactly what he's wearing. But after that, gave, like I said, gave, uh, you know, gave the old heave hole, gave the old stomp to, to, to Riddle and basically was laughing out the whole entire thing. And obviously... Everybody was like was happy with it, was going along with it, and like I said, it's it's gonna spark a great feud between Riddle and uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, I don't know how it's gonna play out at all at um at some uh not SummerSlam at the next pay per view and on Raw as well too. Um, it's we're just gonna see what crazy stuff will happen when it comes down to that time. Um. Do I miss Randy Orton coming back? Yes, I do. Will I want to see Randy Orton fight his battles? No, no, I don't. Um, like Riddle is a is a you know is a huge dude. He doesn't play games, especially when y'all recording him. Um, like just just basically don't disturb him in his piece, or else you will get your ass flattened like a pancake, and it won't look good for you whatsoever. I'm telling you that right now. So, like I said, I'm looking for anything good that comes in with this match as well. And we're just going to see what good things brings to the table with uh, with uh, Rollins and Riddle. So, next on the list we got here, Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. And Pat McAfee gets the W in his third match of all. Of all time, actually. And I was happy as hell about this match. Honestly. What only sucks about it, it doesn't have to do with this match. It has mostly to do with his uh with the steam music. I don't like it that they switched out his steam music. It looks it's kind of like it sounds boring, it sounds kind of like basic, and it's like it's just not him. Like I, I really wish they would go back to like the to the theme music that they did at uh WrestleMania 38. Back in April, but it is what it is. But overall, like I said, McAfee, like Pat McAfee, does not disappoint at all when it comes to his wrestling skills. This man always proves in the ring why he should be the best in the ring. So, also too, um, I also like how Pat was basically kind of in control in this entire match. And also, too, like, Pat McAfee was just going crazy. Like, I'm not going to hold you. When I did watch this match, I did have kind of, like, some, like, um, audio issues and some, like, um, and basically sometimes for some reason it kept freezing a lot. So I didn't really see um, really what happened all throughout the match. But all I know is that Pat McAfee did his thing in this match. And what I've heard is, um, what is it? The buildup, like I would say, the buildup for this match was really was actually like was it was okay. I'm not gonna hold you. It was okay. Could have been better. Um, it it all went back to like um, you know, Corbin and uh, uh Mad Cat Moss, and when uh was it Corbin was getting his ass humiliated by Mad Cat and 
Um, this was before he even hit TV 14, too. Um, and it, it was really funny to watch because, um, on God, real talk, the, the man, <laughs> he was basically getting humiliated. I don't know why and how he did get by Pat, uh, by, uh, not Pat, uh, Corbin. Sorry, not, what did I keep saying? I don't know how Corbin got uh, humiliated by Madcap, but Madcap was going in on him, honestly. was going way, way in on him. And on God, like, that's where it started when um, Pat McAfee started making fun of him and shit. And then Corbin always get the small antics, like, upper hand and shit. And it, it's just funny. And then after TV, after it became TV 14... I like that saying. It was like, bomb ass Corbin. Bomb ass Corbin. I said, bomb ass Corbin. Bomb ass Corbin. That chat is still stuck in my head till this day. I Like, in my mind, I just keep on saying, bomb ass Corbin. Bomb ass Corbin. Bomb ass Corbin. Like that chat will always be stuck in my mind. That was a really good chant, and that literally stuck. But it got to the point that Corbin kept on getting like the upper hand, like in everything in the little antics, even him doing end of days to Pat McAfee at Money in the Bank, accepting his challenge, and then doing nothing but toying him, throwing popcorn in his face, like throwing him like you know, from from his chair, like like onto his still like steps and into the barricade and stuff, like just doing small little antics so he can like you know piss off uh, McAfee and McAfee gave it his all at, at when it when it reached the night. And what's funny, as soon as Corbin walked out, like out like walked out uh, to the ring, there was literally a choir in the background, literally chanting. Bomb ass Corbin. And I'm like, bro, this night cannot get any better. And I was so happy. I was so stoked. Corbin was literally pissed as hell. Pissed as hell with the with the um with the chant of the choir in the background. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna just stop right here before I even say anything about the match, though. Um Real talk, I did look at his fit. His fit was clean, but I'm like, doesn't that hurt really wrestling in jeans, in tight, skinny jeans, though? And he wear he wore a flannel, a blue flannel, which actually looked pretty clean, a white uh, dress shirt, a blue vest, blue jeans, like, not navy blue jeans, but just like, as in like, like, um, kind of like a, uh, like a like you see how the ruffles bag how blue though that like blue the black bag is like that type of blue and then like blue like navy blue and baby blue van I'm like it's a clean fit but do you really want to wrestle in some tight jeans I mean I can't really I can't really you know say anything about Pat because like Pat had the Jumpman's on anyway he had the Jumpman's on and he looked clean with his fit he had a black T-shirt. Black shorts and black jumpmans, bro. Bro, looking was clean, swagged out. So, either way, they were they were like you know in their casual clothes, like wrestling, and 
we I mean Corbin is known to wrestle in skinny jeans though, but that's when it that's on him on on God. But during like the start of the match, they kept on chanting bum ass Corbin. Next, you know, it went from a slap to a, like a slap to a push to a slap. And then after that, just packing Pat McAfee just went off. Obviously, you know, he went, he did everything to a you know, to a Spanish fly through Baron Corbin out the ring and everything like that. Was you know the match was really good. I know he threw Baron Corbin into a into a turnbuckle and everything. And the man after a while made it good. He he went off the top rope and did and basically landed a backflip. Landed a backflip before everything, but after a while Corbin did, you know, um he obviously he did like like reverse it and was taking over the majority of the match. Like not majority, but a good amount of the match. Um, like, but I already knew that Pat McAfee was definitely winning this match by a long shot. Like, it's Pat. We've seen him whoop theory easily. We see him, you know, wrestle Adam Cole in NXT. So, and on God, when he did, um, not in the days, when he, when he, uh, I forgot what his move that he used, that he usually do before end of days, um, but this it, it was a really good match though. I like that he did reverse it at like the end. Um he didn't like he 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 reversed the end of days and then he hit uh he threw the ref. He like hit Pat McAfee threw Barry Corn into the ref to a point uh Pat McAfee could get a low blow payback from what happened Friday night SmackDown and then after that, I forgot. I for, literally forgot the name of the move, but he basically did Adam Cole's move. I, I forgot the name of the move now. And rode rode up Bear Corman for the one, two, three. And I was happy as hell that he won this match. And and in good in good style as well too. It was really good style. And what what made it funny after the match? Uh, when he was like saying like he was basically uh. Dabbing up Adam Cole, uh, Corey was looking at his ass, and he was like, "Yo, you did a good job." And then <laughs> Pat McAfee's like, "Suck it!" And he's like, "Oh, really? Wow, very professional of you, Pat. Very." I'm like, "Very professional of you." I'm like, "Bro, like you're the one who said he want to beat Baron Corbin. So what the hell do you expect him to do? Like, oh God, you say he wouldn't beat Baron Corbin whatsoever." And then after that. The man literally, literally said, yo, is this your beer? Took the beer, took the half-drunk beer, and literally just chugged down a, a cup of beer and, and walked off. Uh, like, like I said, Pat McAfee is a cool person when it comes to wrestling. Like, a very, very dope person when it comes to wrestling. Like, I really want to see him have more matches in the WWE. Um, I, not just like, um, like, it doesn't even have to be... Um, it doesn't have to be just pay-per-views. You can just put them on a regular, like, re recording Raw or SmackDown. I swear. It, either way, either one, it would look really, really good. And I feel like if, shoot, if Pat McAfee was, like, actually, like, if, because I know he takes wrestling seriously. So if he actually, um, if he actually, you know, actually did wrestle, like, wrestle, wrestle for the main card, I like on a daily, like every week, I feel like he will be a really, 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 really good uh, wrestler. 
and probably be a good mid-card champion too. But that's just my thoughts and opinion about the match. Overall, it was a solid good match near the end of the pay-per-view, and I really loved every second of it. And, yeah, congratulations to Pat Maggot for, for the win, and we're going to see, you know, what happens with Baron Corbin and, you know, Pat McAfee going to, uh, uh, what is it, uh, this coming SmackDown. So, yeah, next we have on the list, uh, we got Liv Morgan going up against Rowdy Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship match. And I'm going to call it me and uh, Justice when we um when we called this uh way back when when it was kind of like money in the bank when she won the uh title from Ronda at money in the bank it, we we kind of we kind of called it from the beginning that if her first match defending the title is against Ronda she's definitely not going to win she's by far not going to win and what happened at SummerSlam her first title defense was against Ronda and i was like Oh boy, this is this is not good. And it I'm not gonna hold you. Rhonda was dominating the whole entire match. Liv didn't even get one punch in on God. Like it was it was that bad. I knew like if it was anybody else, give me like anybody else besides Rhonda. I feel like she would have like, you know, she would have held her own. But if you're going against Rhonda. You're you're not nowhere close from ever, ever, even probably retaining your title against Ronda. It was sad to see because Ronda was just whooping her ass. Like, and it it was a short-ass match, too. It was a short-ass match. It went to the point that, um, so basically she was trying to make Live tap quick as hell. With the th- with, and what what happened is she she did make her tap before the ref counted three. But the problem is the ref didn't see it. He didn't see her tap at all. And Ronda, her shoulders were down on the mat, and the ref still counted one, two, three. But Ronda made her tap before he said three. And basically, like Ronda was trying to break her arm, was literally, and I'm like, yo, you're not, you're not. I'm like, bro, you're not winning this match. Technically, last night Ronda Rousey was supposed to get her title back, but the ref, not seeing it, uh, gave the gave her title, gave the title still to Ron. Oh, sorry, not Ronda to uh to Liv Morgan. So Liv is still the champion. Um, I know there's going to be a rematch, uh, coming sometime at the next pay-per-view or probably at a, like, just a regular, you know, SmackDown booking show. Um, either way, she's, I feel like she's not going to win unless she has help. And on what made it, what made it like funny as hell, because Ron, like not Ron, uh, Liv was like screaming for her elbow. Her, her arm is probably broken as we speak. Her, like, Liv Morgan's arm is probably broken as we speak because she was holding her arm. And she probably broke that bitch as well, too. And, with, like, obviously she was pissed at the ref because, one, it was the ref's fault why she, you know, she lost the match. And, two, the ref did not see, um, the ref did not see uh, uh, Liv Morgan tapping out to Ronda. 
in a matter of maybe like 10 minutes or so, or not even 10, maybe like seven, not even 10, maybe like seven, eight minutes. So, and after that, I like this is where Ronda Rousey went rogue to like she she went after Liv Morgan, injured her arm even more, and then went after the ref and literally put him in an arm bar lock and try to break the ref's arm, which was I'm like, which is something that we needed. We needed we needed Ronda Rousey to go heel. And I think this is where we see this. Ronda Rousey is now heel. It, it took basically another ref and security to get Ronda off that ref. And like this is this is what like yes, I like to see uh Ronda face, but right now we need a heel. We need a good heel. And then Ronda is like the second, like the really the the best person we have for a heel right now. And I we needed to see one. We needed one happen. And I'm glad that she turned heel. And I know either if 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 Liv Morgan defends her title on SmackDown or defends her or defends her title at the next, you know pay-per-view like WWE booking show she she's not gonna she's she's not gonna win I'm sorry I feel like the only way Liv Morgan will win the match if she has help that's the only way Liv Morgan will ever win that match if she has help and that's only if she has help um I don't know if anybody else hates Ronda Rousey besides Natalia at the moment but I feel like um the next pay-per-view in my mind this is what's gonna be it's going to be Liv Morgan, Natalia, and Ronda Rousey in a triple threat match, no disqualification match for the, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I feel like that's, in my mind, that's the match that should happen, even though we really don't want to see Natalia because Natalia is kind of boring now. Um, I just feel like uh, we should literally have a triple threat match. I feel like that would be the best bet because, one, um, it will be easier for Liv. I'm not gonna hold you to probably retain her title if like there's someone else. Uh, if it's like 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 just a triple threat or a fatal four way. But um, like I love Liv Morgan to death. I love her attitude. I love her personality. I love her energy in like with the WWE since she had with like since she had since day one, but. She's not beating Ronda. I'm sorry to say that. For all the Liv Morgan fans out there, she is not beating Ronda. She's nowhere near to Ronda's level. I'm like, yeah, this is her first championship win ever. Like, her, like, I'm happy for her, but if you're going against a like a former UFC boxer, like for like a for like not even like not even sorry, not boxer, like a former UFC MMA artist and was was obviously form like was the former uh Raw Women's Champion and also the former SmackDown Women's Champion. She's gonna have more experience than you. And plus, I know it's happy to have your first title ever. Like, believe me, every any woman in the locker room would be happy to have their first title. It doesn't matter if it's Raw, SmackDown, even the women's tag team title. Everybody would be happy. But how how if you can hold it and if you can um you know, re like retain it every single pay-per-view match or every single like SmackDown or Raw booking match or a live event match or, you know, something along that lines is uh, anything like that. If you can retain your title when it when it hits that, then that's what really matters. If you can hold your own in that ring up against your opponent, that's what really matters. 
If you can actually beat her for the one, two, three, and still retain your title, that's what matters. Like, I love Liv Morgan. I love everything that she does. She's a very fantastic, like, female superstar. I love her to death, but you're not being, you're not being Ronda at all. I'm sorry to tell you, just not. Like, you're not at that level to beat Ronda. Like, you could give me Natalia. You could probably give me Shayna. You could probably give me Dakota Kai. Now she's back. You can give me, like, maybe Asuka. Uh, you can give me, like, like Raquel Rodriguez. Like, you can give me Shotzi Blackwell. Anybody. You can give me, like, anybody. I feel like Liv Morgan can retain her title against any any of the people that I just named. But Ronda, if it's any, if anybody, if it has to do with either Ronda, Charlotte, um, Sasha, Bailey, or uh, or Bianca, not a doubt, not a doubt. You're not winning that match. I'm sorry, you're just not. But now we get to see like a rogue and a heel, Ronda. We gotta see, and we, we gotta wait to see till SmackDown. And see what happens. I know she's gonna be pissed as hell when she sees when she sees Liv Morgan. I know she wants to still tear off Liv Morgan's limb, like like you know arm limb from limb or her body and just just attaching everything. I know she's gonna be pissed as hell, but we just gotta like wait and see when SmackDown comes because I know SmackDown about to be lit. Now coming to the last match of the SummerSlam, the main event. We got Brock Lesnar going going up against the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns in a last man standing match for both titles. And this match meet every expectation to close out this rivalry. Keep in mind, Brock and Roman had nine matches counting counting SummerSlam. This that was their ninth match. And that is and I hope that is their final, you know, match. Like I wanted like I wanted SummerSlam, I wanted their match to go out with a bang. I wanted to become like the biggest match they ever had. And oh boy, did this match meet every single expectation on my list. Starting with Brock Lesnar's entrance. Like, I know we see the Tribal Chief like doing his regular entrance, but now Brock, Brock came. And then next thing you know, I'm like, bro, why is, why is Brock walking back? And then next we see is a big old country tractor. And I'm like, dude, this man did not just have a whole ass tractor in the arena and drove to the ring with, with his cowboy hat and flannel on. And I'm like, Roman was like, bro, what, what are you doing? What is this, bro? What are you doing right now? What are you doing? And then I know the announcer's like, hey, introduce me. He's like, hey, I'm introduce me. He's like, introduce, he's like, introducing a big old country boy. <laughs> A big old country boy weighing in at 289 pounds. I'm here to kick Roman Reigns' ass in a last man standing Brock Lesnar. 
And I'm like, bro, that was a <laughs> yo. What what made it? What made his like? You know, him saying his entrance was just like a big old country boy. <laughs> That's what made the opening so funny. And after after he said Brock Lesnar, I didn't realize this till someone pointed it like pointed out when I, when I rewatched the uh, video. Uh, Brock Lesnar threw his mic and. At Roman Reigns, and Roman's Reigns just effortlessly caught the mic and then winked at him. I did not notice that whatsoever. So that was that was honestly a cool sight to see. And after that, as soon as this man held up the titles and put gave the titles to uh, Paul Heyman, Brock jumped off that tractor and started whooping his and started whooping his ass. After when the bell rang, he was in control with for most of this match. I'm not gonna hold you. He was in control with most of the match. He started, you know, like like whooping him outside, outside the ring in the crowd. I'm like, I've seen the tables come out very early. And uh I know um like Roman was put through two tables back to back. I know after that, uh Roman put uh Brock Lesnar through like kind of like the the broken table array, like the edge of the broken table and broke it more, and we kind of see like blood going down his back and everything. Um I know we've seen, uh, I've seen um, just, you know, regular carnage and all that. Him getting thrown into the steel steps, steel steps, like to the face and everything. And it was just a really good match to to see. Oh, God, it was really good. And I know they were like basically beat, like whooping each other's ass, like hands down, whooping each other's ass, like. Oh my gosh, like I really, really, really loved this match. I really, really did. Like it was it was ridiculous as hell to see to see like this type of match at you know, I like yes, like it's the first time we haven't seen like a last man standing match at probably SummerSlam. And maybe like a long ass, you know, I won't say at, like I won't say a long ass time, but the first like a last man standing match, and basically in a long time, but not at SummerSlam. First time in, at SummerSlam, it's the last man standing match. But the last, the last uh, man standing match that I did see was when it was um, in the Thunderdome when it was Kevin Owens and a uh, uh, Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. But this, this met all my expectations. Oh God, like. They kept on throwing each other to, to the, um, to the outside of the ring, to the like gender, not even the turnbuckle, but over in the crowd, um, like Brock Lesnar was in control most of this match. I know, I know, uh, he, like I said, Brock Lesnar started bleeding when he got thrown through the second table, um, like they were they were going all in for this match. Pretty much all in. <laughs> even fun, even for fun, Brock Lesnar smacked him with like the edge of the table, knocked him out clean, and then after that, it was just straight suplexes towards Roman. Like every, like it was just straight suplexes, suplex after suplex after suplex after suplex after suplex. Like even to the point he ran his ass into the table again, and. Like dude throwing another still step just because he wanted to, 
And what made this more hilarious, Roman Reigns, like, <sighs> Brock Lesnar put Roman Reigns into, to like, into the, the tractor, like, the, you know, the digging, like, that part of the tractor, of the, uh, and lifted the tractor, lifted that part up over, over the ring, and dropped him in the ring, lifelessly. Body is just lifeless. And I'm like, he would, and after that, he was still up. Brock was like, yo, that has to be done. But no, he was still up. He was still up. And after that, he just had to do a suplex after suplex. Like, like this is where Roman Reigns' body was literally lifeless at that point. Like, after he dropped, his, his body was lifeless as hell. He did suplex after suplex. And just was ta- he was taking over the whole entire match. Like Roman Reigns barely had any time to hit any moves of his own on Brock Lesnar. He even did a F five just to keep his ass down, and he did not want to stay down. Like he did everything in his power to stay down. So what did he do? He had a good idea. Went on top of that tractor again, and. Oh, my Lord, as soon as he went on that tractor, we saw the unthinkable, and we really did not know what was going on till he finally did it. Brock Lesnar moved the ring and raised the ring up to, like, maybe 15 feet in the air, got the tractor under under the ring, and and you see... The ring rising, and and after you see the ring rising, you see Roman Reigns just rolling out the wind. I'm sorry, rolling out the ring, and you see like the whole underneath the uh the stage, uh like underneath like the whole ring like exposed to everything, and this is like something that we have never ever 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 seen before at a SummerSlam match, including this match right here. Oh, um, it it got to the point where. You know, he he's just trying to do everything in his power just, just to keep Roman down. And I know and I know after that, after a while, it it's the Uso I know the Usos got involved as well too. The Usos did get involved. Um, but it it was it was it was like night night for Usos. Like they they got suplexed, they got F fived, they they got thrown onto the table, and to the point that even Paul Heyman got had to intervene and say, "Here, he was like, here you go. Here's the here's the two titles. Leave my tribal chief alone. Here is the two titles. Leave my tribal chief alone." And he was yelling at Brock, yelling at Brock to the point Brock got fed up, picked up Paul Heyman and f five them in like f five them onto the announce table. Which honestly, he should have done that at WrestleMania 38. He should have been like, "I am done with you, Paul Heyman. I want nothing to do with you no more." He should have been F5, Paul Heyman through the table. On oh, God, he should have done that. He should have been done that. But and that, but after he F5, Paul Heyman through the table, Paul, Paul Heyman was out. Paul Heyman was out like a light, like a light, like a light slapped him that night. <laughs> Dude was out like a light, did not get up for the rest of the match. And then after that, obviously, um, Roman Reigns speared Brock Lesnar. And once, once that was, 
you know, they were both down. We just hear Theory's music coming out. And Theory with the briefcase, we, he did say what he was going to say tonight. He said he was going to cash in on either Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, no matter what happens. And then next thing you know, we see Theory hitting, hitting Roman Reigns with the briefcase. But what made it funny, he couldn't even, he couldn't even get, you know, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar lift, lifted up um, Theory, f 5 Theory onto his briefcase, and he was out for the rest of the match. Couldn't even get even one, one like basically couldn't even cash it in. Couldn't even even get the time to cash it in. So he was out for the rest of the match. So that happened. And after that, Roman was just trying to keep Brock down. That's all he was trying to do, trying to keep Brock down to the point he speared this his man. He, he speared this man twice, twice, and he still got up. He hit him with the WWE Championship. And, and got up before 10. He hit him with the Universal Championship. Knocked him out again with the second title. And still and 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 still got up before 10. It even took to the point where he had to keep smacking and hitting and hitting Brock Lesnar with Theory's briefcase. Still, still didn't. He still he still raised back up. He was still at his feet. To the point they said, fuck it. We have no other choice. But the Usos and Roman Reigns just threw shit on him to stay down. Like, literally, they just had to throw the announce desk. They had to throw steel chairs. They had to throw the steel steps. They had to throw everything they can like, to keep Brock Lesnar down. Like, Brock Lesnar did not want to go down. To the point... As soon as it reached 10, Brock Lesnar couldn't get up, and Roman remained champion. He remained undisputed universal champion. And oh my lord, this was a match to remember. This match was a good-ass match to remember. We are not going to get another match like this ever, ever in a million years. If they shock us again, I'll be surprised. But this is like one match that I don't think we will ever, ever get in a minute. Like this held every single one of my expectations. Like they like if you're going to do if you're going to do your last like match, or, like your last rivalry match with this person, you got to go out with a bang. And that's what they did. They did not disappoint whatsoever yes at the end roman Reigns did still retain both titles at the end of the night but no matter what happened no matter what happened roman reigns is still your tribal chief the head of the table and still is your undisputed wwe universal champion SummerSlam this year was solid was a hundred percent solid it it drove my expectations my favorite match my favorite matches of that um of the night was Bianca Belair versus uh Becky Lynch Pat McAfee and uh Happy Corbin obviously the last man standing match for both titles and um 
Also, the uh, some moments when Edge is coming back, barely coming back. Um, and also a little bit of uh, of the you know, Undisputed Tag Team Championship match. So those are my favorite matches of the night. Um, so we, we just got to see what happens on either Raw and SmackDown this coming this coming week. Um, I'm happy about SummerSlam last night. If I have to rate SummerSlam out of a 10, it was a solid 8.5. It was really good. It was better than all the SummerSlams we have done in the past couple of years. So th- this SummerSlam in Nashville, Tennessee did make its mark, and it did it, – it basically made all my expectations go through the roof, and I loved every second of it. And I hope they have something – if not close, but if not better than SummerSlam this year, I'm waiting for next year's SummerSlam to be as just as good, if not even better, as SummerSlam this year. But that's all I have for for tonight, everybody. Like, thank you for tuning in. Um, for uh, you know, to me talking about uh, my thoughts and opinion about SummerSlam from last night. Like I said, the pay per view was good. It was solid. I really loved each and everything about it. Um, and we just gonna see what happens for like. Further, further on, and right now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Triple H era, and this is your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess, signing off.